about being in, I'll, I'll talk later about being in step with God. So I got to watch uh, one of my favorite, I like, I like some old Disney movies. Who likes Disney movies? One of the ones that, that I had to buy, because I'm a child at heart, is Mary Poppins. I had to have that. So this morning I got to watch the video of Step in Time. Now, I, I won't dance it. I won't sing it to you. But, but I'm going to ask you, go to YouTube and watch Step in Time with Dick Van Dyke. So that's going through my head right now, just making you fully aware of where I'm at. Um, and then somebody said they were tired, and I thought, well, we need to do rapture practice. Now, do you know what rapture practice is? Yes? Jim knows. Livy's like, don't do it. Oh, but I'm so tempted to. So, so who wants to demonstrate rapture practice? Libby? Oh, she doesn't know what it is. So rapture practice is, Grandpa, okay, so I'm going to ask my father to come up here. And, and some of this is to, is to recognize them, because they're leaving Thursday to go on a, they're going to, they're going to suffer for Jesus. And uh, they're going to go to Hawaii Thursday and suffer for Jesus. And, uh, uh, but they're going to serve, actually, and they're going to serve YWAM ships and, and uh, do mission work for them. And so it's a great cause. I'm excited for them. But you want to show us what rapture practice is? Or? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you've got to join me, though. So everybody has to stand. All right. <coughs> so on the count of three... Everyone jump, but don't come back down. If if you don't come back down, that's truly rapture practice, all right? But on the count of three, we're going to practice for rapture, all right? One, two, three. (laughs) All right, that's rapture practice. Wasn't that great? I was thinking, now, this is how I think. So now the next thought I have is we need to do that again and take a picture of everybody in the air. You've seen those, those pictures, right? Well, I, that was not any, at all any part of the message today. But, um, but I did want to, uh, I don't know, I just, I'm having fun today. It's good to be in church. Are you having fun? You should have fun in church. It's a great place to have fun. It's a safe place to have fun, if my voice cracks. It's a good place. We've been going through a series called The Power of Routine. And uh, sometimes routine can be, uh, become a rut for us. But there's this routine that we've been talking about the last couple weeks. We're not talking about those things that, that are humdrum and... Uh, and, and really get us stuck in our ways. This is, if we're going to get stuck in any way, let's get stuck in some of these ways. And so we've talked about some of the spiritual or Christian disciplines uh, that we should have. And, and then in those routines, uh, there's power in that. There's power in reading the Word of God. We talked about reading the Bible the fr- in the first week, and then last week was on prayer. Now this week, we're, we're going to be talking about a thing, and it's... Uh, it's a, it's a difficult one. Some, some have even said, well, that was more for the Old Testament, not so much for the New Testament, but I would say it's also for today. We are a New Testament church. It is also for today. And um, 
And it isn't a finger-wagging message. It's not like you better do this or else. But I want to encourage you in it. And it's called fasting. And, and, and it's not fasting just so that you can say you did it. Now, here's, here's the thing. We've been in uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're, in, we're in just starting the last week of it. So we've been 14 days into this as a church. And, and some of you have been joining in, and some of you have thought about joining in. It's not too late. We're going to tr- pray and fast throughout this week. And there's different kinds of fasting uh, things that you can do. Fasting is really to, to deny my flesh, my, my fleshly desires something, so I can be more in tune with the Spirit of God. Okay, So we're going to talk about that today. But in this uh, last seven days of this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I personally am going to encourage you to join with me in this week, believing that I'm going to deny my flesh, starve my flesh of something. Why? I'm going to tell you more about that. But I I don't want you to think just because you didn't start with us that you can't start now. What we're believing for as a church is in in this great harvest that God has called us to be a part of. Um, This week, I got to spend some time with our local historians. We call them Dan and Jan Corcoran. And uh, uh, but when it comes to the New Testament church, I just enjoyed, we spent three hours in the office talking about the history of New Testament church. You know, there's a lot of seed that has been sowed here in this church. I, I, got, I got the spirit goose pump bumps going right now just thinking about it. There's been a lot that's gone on prior to today in this church. Uh, well, I, I'll... Just touch, so I don't want to leave you hanging. We found, we were looking at some documents, and um, they dedicated the first uh, church. It was a United Brethren church in 1873. Well, in 1973, the United Brethren church became the New Testament church. So for 145 years, we've been serving as a church. For 145 years, the Lord has been preparing us for a harvest. And church, I want to encourage you in this. The harvest isn't 145 years from now. The harvest is on the horizon. And I say that completely and fully believing. Now, now what's that harvest going to look like? I've heard there's prophetic words out there, and I know they're gathering them so we can review them. A church of 5,000. So so we can go out and say, look at us, we're a church of 5,000. No, 5,000 is is the outcome or the lagging indicator of what God has done in the lives of those in this city. I'm not worried about the 5,000. What I am really concerned about is those that are far from God being free in Christ. How many people that are far from God need to know how to be free in Christ? They all do. We all did. And some of us, we, we wander in and out, and we want to be free in Christ. That's real. I believe that there's going to be a harvest. I believe that God is designing these days to be a part of that harvest. He's preparing us to help receive that harvest. But the season of preparation means some things need to happen in our lives as a church. We, we need to have routines that, that are powerful routines, whether it be Bible reading or our prayer time or even fasting. And when we fast, we're, are you willing to lay down your life for another brother? That's that's the heart of a harvester. That's the heart of of our father. He laid down his life for 
all of us so that we could be free in him? Would you be willing to lay down your life for a brother, for, for someone that is lost? So fasting, I want to talk about fasting today, but I also want to talk about um, or ask a question of you, and that is, uh, are you directionally challenged? Libby's honest, and there's a few that are more honest. So I'm going to ask you to do this little exercise with me. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. And I want you to take your right hand and point north. Okay, everybody point north. Okay, now open your eyes. Now, I would say, now, now those that are pointing straight up, that's not north. And, and those that are pointing this way are absolutely correct. That is north. But some of us are directionally challenged. The other day, I uh, left my church office here, and, and I was headed to the post office. And so I had to go. It was weird. I had to go take back some boxes that we didn't want to pay for, that we didn't ask for. They were shipped to us. So I was going to return these boxes to sender. So I'm heading to the post office. Um, which was also not good because they were actually shipped UPS, so that wasn't going to work. So as I'm headed to the post office, I, I remember pulling into the bank parking lot thinking, what am I doing at the bank? Have you ever done that? And I'm driving through the bank parking lot thinking, oh, I, I need to go to the post office. And did you know that post office closes at 3? So anyhow, they weren't even open when I got there. But I've done some things in my life where I was uh, wondering how I even got there. I know some of us have done that. But in their, on the spiritual side, too, I think sometimes we're directionally challenged. I, uh, I Googled being directionally challenged, and there was actually an American Psychological Association report that says the directionally challenged, some of us, lack an internal compass. Uh, well, that's, that's pretty interesting. So... How does fasting help me become directionally challenged? Well, it does. And that's what we'll look at in Scripture today. Is that if you don't know if you're going in the right direction or you're just moving and you're not sure if it's going to end up where God designed you to be, you might be lacking an internal compass. You might be directionally challenged because your compass isn't necessarily connected with true north. Today, we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. And this is the passage where Jesus uh, was just baptized, comes out of the, the river, and, and as he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. I mean, it was an amazing scene. But then he heads out, and it says in verse 1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, newsflash, you ready? He was hungry. I can tell you that uh, during this time of fasting, for me, there's been, yes, I've been hungry. Uh, and, but I will say this, the God, that God has really spoken to me during that time. It's a special time. It's a precious time. And for Jesus, he had been fasting for 40 days 
and 40 nights, and yes, he was hungry. Verse 3 says, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, my wife can tell you when I'm hungry, I can become ravenous, and I will eat anything. The other night, uh, it wasn't a night that I was fasting. I was in the cupboard looking for something sweet, anything sweet, and in there was year-old butter uh, candy-type things that you would get at a wedding. What are they even called? Mint-type candies. I mean, they were, they're hard, they're dry, they're kind of gross, but I didn't care. They were sugary, and I had to have some. She was giving me a hard time. She says, uh, would you like me to find something better than that? I imagine Jesus in that time, though, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and when the enemy says, hey, why don't you turn these loaves into bread, he could. But this is what he says. He answered, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Maybe you've been living a full life, but you still feel like you're coming up empty. Have you, have you, have you found in your life that you are quite busy? You're, you're quite active. Every day it seems like you're doing something. Every night it seems like you're rushing to another place to do more. But yet at the end of it all, you still feel like you're coming up empty. Have you ever gone and had sushi and filled up on sushi only to be hungry an hour later? You know, we all tend to, because of where we live in the United States of America and where where there's plenty, we all tend to live a very full life. But God didn't call us to live a full life that keeps us empty. He called us to live a life that is full of him and his spirit and his design for you. Romans 8, chapter 5, or Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says this. And we're going to go through this passage, uh, most of chapter 8 here. And this is a difficult passage. It's a challenging one. But church, I want to challenge you today, and that is, in preparation for what God wants to do, we have to really understand, especially for those of us that are what we would consider maybe mature in Christ. You've been serving the Lord for, for more than six months. Maybe you've been serving him for several years. But I'm talking next level serving. I'm talking I, I am willing to do, God, whatever it is you want me to do for the sake of your kingdom. Because, Lord, we want your kingdom to come, as we talked about last week, here in Woodland, as it is in heaven. So let's look at Romans 8. It's going to challenge you as it challenged me. But being challenged is a good thing. We have a life groups starting here this week. And the great thing about being in a life group, it's a safe place to be cared for, but it's also a safe place to be challenged in. It's, in, it's good to be challenged. So Romans 8, verse 5 says this, For those who, have, who live according to, of, according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, before I go on, I want you to stop and think about what you're setting your minds to. 
I know that for me, I, um, my mind wanders. Earlier today, I told you I was watching Mary Poppins on YouTube. What was I setting my mind to? I mean, I'm not saying that was all bad, but what are you setting your mind to? And there's going to be days, and this isn't the, the, the message that says shame on you every time you think of something poor. No, God's a gracious God, and he will forgive you and, and free you. But, but we have the ability to set our minds on things that are of the flesh or things that are of the spirit. Sometimes we don't think of things of the spirit all that much because we have more in our memory banks about things of the flesh than we do of things of the spirit. We talked about reading the Bible. The more I read the Bible, the more I have in my memory banks things of the Spirit. Same for you. What are you setting your minds to? And what do you have in your memory banks to set your minds to? Verse 6 says this, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Galatians 5, verse 19, talks about the things of the flesh and the thing, things of the spirit. Verse 19 of Galatians 5 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. It seems like a list of what you watch on social media and TV, on the news, or what you see in the community around us. There is that going on in the world today. We aren't to be uh, ignorant to it or, or... or be shocked that it's happening. No, it happens. Those are the things of the flesh. Those are evil things. Now let me go back to Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. It says, you, however. Now the you, howevers, are you the believers in Christ. You that have accepted Jesus as your Savior and claim him to be your own. You are the you, howevers. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. When you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, the Spirit within you connects with the Spirit of the Lord and saves you for eternity. It sets you apart, and He calls you His own. That's that's who we are as His believers. You are now living in the Spirit. Now it goes on to say, If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, does he dwell in you? I watched a lot of rapture practice, and I can say that you did it because you believe he dwells in you. You believe you're going to be a part of that rapture one day. So, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, if, in fact, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. This body, as Pastor Doug Sr. said earlier, he can't do rapture practice as good as he used to. I find I'm not as strong as I used to be because this body will 
die one day. I will not live for eternity in this body. And many of us say, praise the Lord for that. Because we're not to live according to this body. Because this body is dying, as the scripture says. This body will lead to death. But if I live in the spirit, and this is, I know I'm not trying to get weird and woo, up there type of thing. But I want you to truly understand what salvation is. It's eternal. We are eternal beings and salvation and living in the spirit means I'm not going to make decisions for my life based on the body. I'm going to make decisions for my life based on the spirit and living for eternity in the spirit. There are eternal decisions in life. But if I'm directionally challenged, how do I know if I'm making the right decisions today? How do I know if I'm making decisions based on flesh or based on spirit? This is such a powerful verse. In verse 10, it says, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, we, being the people of God that are set apart, should really look like people of God set apart. I told you I was going to wag fingers at you, so I'm putting my hands in my pockets. Because I'm also saying it to me. My life should look like a life that is set apart and different. Even the way I live my life shouldn't be one that looks like those that are living a life unto death. how, How do you spend your Sunday from noon till Sunday morning at 9 o'clock? What does that time look like, that entire week that you're not in church? And this is the challenging part. Because for some of us, maybe it doesn't look much different than those that are living a life unto death. And what that looks like is somebody that has not accepted Christ as their Savior, has not been saved and set free, and they're living every day as they ought to be living it. And that's separate from the Lord not doing the things of the Lord because they're not in the Lord yet. But their life is going to lead to death. And that's why God has called us as a church to help shine light in this world for those that are on their way to death. This is a harsh message, but I want us to understand that we're in preparation for harvest, which means then we're going to be set apart. Loves you so much. He wants to see you live a life of freedom, but freedom in Him. The message I'm not trying to deliver today is one of stop doing this, stop doing that, and stop doing the other thing. The message I'm trying to deliver today is one that says start living for Christ. Find freedom in Christ and tell everybody else about it. It's not about the don'ts. It's about positioning yourself to do. 
and all the sin in our lives as believers that we continue to live out, even though that's not who we are anymore, are things that will hold us back from doing and doing and doing what Christ has called us and set us apart to do. It's not about the don'ts. It's about freedom and doing what God has called us to do. What is fasting really all about? It's saying, okay, I need to get this thing in line and, and help this flesh of mine understand that it's not important, but being in prayer and in communion and in meditation with the Lord and in His presence and in His Spirit, that is important. Because the other will lead to death. It brings no life. It brings no life. If, if I was to die today, I know I'm going to spend eternity living a very, very, very full and free life in glory. And I want that true for all. And we ought to as well. But that means that we as Christians, we need to pursue the things of the Lord. Not, not just lock ourselves up and stay away from all the sinful things that go on in this world today. Not hide ourselves away from it all, but be hidden in Christ, walking in the Spirit, in the world, but not of the world. What does the Spirit, it says in verse 10, the second half or the end of it, it says the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And then you can go back to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 through 24, and it says, but the, spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. We've heard all this, but we're going to hear it again. But the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I mean, that's a, that's a harsh word, to crucify the flesh. Crucifixion is not a pretty picture. I can tell you, for me, fasting sometimes is not pretty. It's not fun. But it's not about necessarily... Uh, the pain alone, it's about killing the flesh. What is it in your life that, and as I've been speaking, I, I know that there's things in our lives that we'll start thinking about. Well, this is something in my life that really has some control in my life. I don't know what that is for you. The Holy Spirit does, and the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and he's going to reveal that to you. And he's going to put people in your life to help you with that. He'll help you find freedom in that. Because we as believers really are looking to live a life that is one full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Today, you guys are going to think that I'm absolutely the worst driver ever, and that I break every speed limit because I talk a lot about my driving. But today, I was in the car heading to church, listening to, to praise music, singing along in the car. And, and, but somewhere in there, I didn't have any self-control because I looked down at the speedometer, and it was really high. In case this is being recorded, I don't want to say how high. 
But in everything we do, can people see us as people that love and have joy and have peace, but yet also have self-control? Do we as believers, when, and, and, and I'm going to be really specific about here, we, we want to live our life in such a way here in the church, here at church, that on Sunday mornings that we come not expecting to receive all for ourselves, but how we can give and welcome guests into this place. Where we live every Sunday morning not for ourselves, but for those that are going to come to know the Lord. Because many of us have been here for a very long time. And God is preparing you and preparing me to receive those that are going to come into this place. And will they come into this place and see love, joy, peace, self-control? Um, I've been a part of church services where, where uh, people have been asked to move out of their seats because that's where I sit. But if that's their first time ever in church, that's not what they need to hear. What they need to hear is love, joy, peace, patience, 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 kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no such law against those things. How do we get there? Well, I believe that fasting is, is one thing that can be done. There's many things, but it is one. Now we go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, we're believers. The spirit of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in, say in me. Lives in me. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, for, for those of us that are trying to get fit, I said us as if I'm actually a part of that, but for those of you that are trying to get fit, let me help you start your plan. And your plan should start with, being healthy in the spirit first. And, and why I say that is, if it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, then it's that same spirit that's going to give life to this mortal body. So if that spirit's going to give life to this mortal body, and this mortal body, I want it to last as long as it can, so I'm going to try to keep it in, in a uh, decent shape. I'm trying not to put myself on the spot and be held accountable. So I want to go home and eat at some point. But, but no, we, all that we do should be a witness and should be a reflection of his glory, should, should point back to Christ and how we live our lives. Boy, I feel like I'm just meddling today. But here's the thing is God's preparing us for the harvest. So we have to meddle a little bit and say, hey, let's get ready. So this body should be a good witness in how it's lived out in all aspects. But that's a lot of work. Have you tried to get up early every single morning and go to the gym? It's not easy. It's not fun, but it helps the mortal body. 
But what if every morning I got up and it was time with the Lord and the Spirit, and then I headed to the gym? Now, relying on the Spirit is really where we're heading today. Being fully reliant on the Spirit of the Lord. Now, where I struggle in that area personally is, is when I start to really get into the Word and, and not miss a day of Bible reading or, or I fast for three days, water only, or then all of a sudden, this thing called pride tries to creep in. And so a couple weeks ago, I was middle of the week, day four was starting, and I'm thinking, day four is not near as bad as day three, trust me. But then all of a sudden, it was like the Lord was asking me, Doug, are you doing this so you can say you did it? That was, a ch- that was hard. What had happened is somewhere in there, Doug took over trying to starve his flesh, and he wasn't really seeking the spirit as deeply and as often as he should have been. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Let me continue through this passage because I want to get into the step in time. And then close the service. Verse 12 says this, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will be put to death, the deeds of the body, let me read it again, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of of God. Galatians 5:25 says if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit. Are you directionally challenged? Do, are you uncertain where you should be going next in your life? Do you have decisions to make in your life? Well then I'm going to ask you and this is why we will take a couple times a year to pray and fast is cuz we don't want to do this on our own understanding or under our own understanding or because we're trying to feed the flesh or we're trying to feed this mortal body. We want to do it purely, whatever that next step might be, because this is what the Spirit wants us to do. And in living in the Spirit, what we find is we find freedom in life. We start to see ourselves set apart. You start to see maturing in Christ and more of a mature life in uh, living in, sin, in a sense in Christ. Jesus tells us in the New Testament that we will have a time to fast. So there's a time to fast and there's a time not to. Matthew 9.15 says, And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Our, the bridegroom is not with us right now. We are preparing for the bridegroom. We are preparing his bride, the church. There will be a day that he'll come back to take his church to glory with him. I want to be there when it happens. I want you to be there when it happens. And you know what? I want all my neighbors to be there when it happens. That's why we will 
fast, and that's why we will pray. And we don't do it just so we can say that we did it. We do it because we truly want to worship the Lord in all that we do. I love this passage, and I want to close with this passage as the worship team comes today. The Lord has something good for you. Something that feeding the flesh can't, can't take care of. Remember I said earlier in the message that we all really live a very full life. In fact, as we talk about life groups, and, and, and I encourage you, there's, there's a life group for you to join. And if you're struggling finding a group, come talk to me. Maybe uh, it's time to lead a group. Um. But as life groups are starting this week, one struggle that we find a lot is we have such a busy life that we don't have time to really join a life group or we don't have time to go to church on Sunday. And, and the struggle with those things is this, and we have maybe too many things going on in our life that aren't life-giving. If, if you're too busy to commune with other believers, and maybe we have too much going in our lives. And, and here's the problem with that is all that may not lead to life. It probably is going to lead to death. Did you come to church today to get smashed in the teeth? Because that wasn't the, the intent. I'm trying to encourage you. Because when we live according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh then this passage really rings true in my head, and it's in Jeremiah 29. starts in verse 10. It says, For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. So there's a promise that he had for the people of Israel. They were in bondage. They were not free. Their life was full of being bound up and under the rule of Babylon. Something else was in charge in ruling their lives. But the Lord reminds them through Jeremiah that there's a promise, and I'm going to remind you today that there is a promise for your life. It's found living in the Spirit and not pursuing the things of the flesh. He says in verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Would you stand with me? The Lord has promised and has declared through prophecy. The Lord has promised for 145 years over this church. I was looking in 1922, I want to say it was, they, they were having a contest to bring new people to church. 
for 100 plus years now, we've been talking about bringing people to the Lord. He's prophesied and promised that the day will come where the harvest will happen. He knows the plans he has for you. He knows the plans he has for you. He knows the plans he has for us. He knows. He knows. He knows. But are you directionally challenged? Do you know the plans that he has for you? Do you know the promise he's spoken over you? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Because if you don't know, it's time to know that we have a future and a hope. And the hope has been told to us and has been declared and proclaimed. But now we, walking in the Spirit, can enter into that hope as we get to know what He has for us. So church, bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm going to challenge you this morning. Has the flesh been kind of in control lately? Have you been walking more in the flesh than in the spirit and you really feel a little convicted over it? Because if that's you, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand and show me so I can agree with you that I'm not where I need to be. I'm My hand's up too. I'm not where I need to be. Now, God, you see these hands and you know their heart. The reason our hand's up, Lord, is because of the Holy Spirit's conviction and the gentleman-like nature of the Holy Spirit is showing us, Lord, that you desire us to set ourselves apart from those things. And so, Lord, I pray for now freedom, freedom in the Spirit, freedom to walk and to run and to live out the fruit of the Spirit, as we read earlier, full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, Lord. That's what we want for our lives because, Lord, we want to know what you know about us. And we want to live our lives according to what you know about us. We want to walk out the promises that you have for us. And so, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness as we raise our hands today. So, God, I pray that this day, this day would be a new day of walking in the Spirit. This day would be a day set apart as we walk in the Spirit. Dear God, I thank you for the work of the Spirit in our lives. Strengthen our mortal bodies, Lord, so we can be a witness for you. So, dear God, I thank you for prayer and answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Let's be a place where you long to come As you make way for your love let these hands be clean and this heart be pure. Blameless as the bride.